0: Episode number 18 How to be a person that everyone loves at a party. This is the Expat Mom Podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host, Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters, and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally, and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships, and increase your confidence. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited about today's topic about how to navigate awkward social situations, because with the holidays coming up, we tend to have a lot more social engagements. This year, for some of us, these social engagements might be virtual. For others, they may be in person. We have all been to a social event where we felt awkward. Recently, I was at a social event with some friends, and one of my friends made an interesting observation. She said, you know, I don't mind going to social situations where I don't know anyone, and I don't mind going to situations where I know people well. But the most awkward kind of social situations are the ones where I know a lot of people, but none of them very well. I thought this was such an astute way to articulate a social situation that is challenging for a lot of us. Most of us know a few questions to ask people that we've never met, but getting over that hump when you do know somebody, but don't know them very well can be a little bit trickier. Most of us have been in a social situation we felt awkward in. Maybe we were at a gathering at our children's school, or maybe something with the neighborhood or our church. Maybe you've been to a work party with a spouse where you didn't know anyone. You know how it goes. You arrive, you get a plate of food, everyone's mingling. You look around and you don't see anyone that you know very well. So you walk over to a group of people who are talking, but you feel awkward interrupting the conversation. You kind of wonder if they would have enjoyed finishing their conversation without you jumping in. Maybe you sit down with a few people. You've met them before, so you can't use the classic line, where are you from? Or when did you arrive? Or how's it going for you here? You can't think of anything to say. Maybe you introduce yourself again to someone you've already met and it feels awkward. Or you feel like taking your plate of food to a corner and hope that nobody notices you. As expats, this social awkwardness can be compounded as many people at the party may speak a different language. Or, even if we do speak the same language, we may not speak it as well as we'd like to communicate or understand. In addition, the social norms and customs may differ from those of your home country and make it a little bit more awkward to share. Today, we're going to dive into how to feel more confident in awkward social situations. But before we do, I want to let you know that I offer a free class called how to feel better as an expat. You can get it by clicking the link in the show notes or by visiting my webpage, theexpatmom.com. in it. I share three tools that can help you feel better immediately as an expat. Whether you're someone who's doing fine, but wants to feel amazing or someone who feels overwhelmed and discouraged and just wants to feel more peace and contentment. This course is for you. It also comes with a one page worksheet to help you apply what you're learning right away. I'm so thankful for these tools that help me feel better as an expat mom, and I'd love to share them with you. So go and get the free course. Before we dig into the solution of feeling less awkward in social situations, it's important to understand why we feel awkward in the first place. As humans, we come wired for connection. It's one of the things that we need for survival. We want to be accepted and liked. Anytime that we feel threatened, our lower brain senses danger. According to research, feeling awkward or left out socially actually impacts us in a similar way as physical pain. This is the brain's way of trying to protect us. Matthew Lieberman, a UCLA researcher and professor, wrote a book called Social, Why Our Brains Are Wired to Connect. In the book, he describes a study he conducted where three people were throwing the ball to each other. Then two of the participants were instructed to stop throwing the ball to one of the other people. They looked at the brain of the person who was being left out. The regions of the brain that lit up were the same regions of the brain That light up when we experience physical pain. The study showed that emotional pain is just as real and dangerous to our brain as physical pain. I think this is so fascinating. As humans, we do not like pain, so we avoid it whenever we can. If you saw a nail lying on its head with the point facing up, you probably wouldn't step on it because it hurts to step on a nail. And likewise, if we're in a social situation where we worry that we will experience social pain or embarrassment, we want to avoid it. Avoiding usually looks like not going to a party or going to a party, but leaving as soon as we can, or just sitting at a table with our own family instead of sitting with others. Or maybe we go and tough it out, but we don't enjoy it. We think this is just the way life is sometimes, but here's the interesting part. When we feel lonely or awkward at an event, we tend to perpetuate that loneliness by the way that we act. Studies show that people who feel lonely or out of place actually have a negativity bias when they experience social interactions. For example, lonely people might assume that other people at the event are having a great time, even if they aren't. People who are feeling self-conscious at a social event are more likely to feel that someone they are talking to is anxious to leave the conversation. The person feeling lonely might interpret social behaviors as rejection that others might interpret as simply moving around the party and enjoying various conversations. In addition, when we're thinking about ourselves and we're worried about what others think of us, we usually aren't very fun or interesting to be around. Because of our mirror neurons, which are the, ab- the human ability to read each other's emotions, when we're awkward, others feel awkward too. So we literally self-perpetuate our awkwardness and loneliness when we focus on it. All of us feel these feelings sometimes. In fact, studies show that at any given party, at least one third of people feel some level of awkwardness. That means in a room of 30 people, at least 10 of them feel uncomfortable. I want to teach you a tool to help you feel more confident and less awkward in social situations. The tool I'd like to teach you to increase your confidence in social situations I call turning out. My mother taught me this tool in fifth grade after we had moved from Chicago to Colorado in the United States. I left some wonderful friends in elementary school, and I was having a hard time making new friends in our new home. I was complaining to my mom about how everyone was leaving me out and how frustrating it was to be at school when everybody already had friends. My mom took out a metal spoon. She turned the concave side toward me, and she asked me to look at myself and describe what I saw. The reflection of myself that I saw was upside down and distorted. In fact, it was actually really hard to see a clear image of myself with all the scratches on it. Then she asked me to turn it around and look at the spoon from the convex side. When I flipped it over, I could see myself larger and right side up. She explained, and I'm paraphrasing here since I don't remember exactly what she said, that when we're in situations where we feel comfortable, we tend to turn inwards. We think about ourselves. We worry about how others will think of us. We feel left out and we feel awkward, like we don't know what to say. In other words, like the spoon, when we turn inwards, we see ourselves in a mixed up, distorted type of way. However, the opposite is also true. Just like when we turn the spoon over and see a larger, more clear image of ourselves, when we turn outward, and think about others, we feel better and act like a better version of ourselves in social situations. Now in my fifth grade mind, this made sense, but it was a little tricky to get my mind around what that actually looked like in real life. I certainly knew I felt that distorted, mixed up self a lot in social situations since I had moved. And I definitely wanted to feel like a more confident version of myself. I remember clearly one day soon after we walked into church, and we were late. So I felt super embarrassed. I began turning in, wondering what everyone was thinking of us. Before we entered the chapel, however, my mom said, Hey, let's look for someone who's sitting alone. Maybe we can sit with them and keep them company. Instead of thinking about myself and how I was feeling, I shifted my focus and began to look for someone who might be sitting alone. We saw an older woman sitting on a pew by herself. We filed in and sat next to her. I have no idea if it made her day or ruined her day to have a large family of gaggling girls sit next to her that day. But I know that moment has impacted me because that day my mom taught me how to flip the spoon over. She taught me how to turn out. Instead of thinking of myself, I started thinking of others and it shifted how I felt. This is a lesson I have used over and over in my life and it has allowed me to enjoy social situations so much more. Science supports this approach. Two of the biggest anecdotes for anxiety turn out to be compassion and curiosity. Thinking about others instead of ourselves is a great way to trigger the emotions of compassion and curiosity. These help minimize feelings of self-consciousness, awkwardness, and anxiety. I want to share with you three ways that you can apply this tool of turning out to help you enjoy social situations more number one, plan ahead. So you have some ideas about what to say. We've all been in social situations where we just can't think of anything to say. Maybe the other person is someone we've met, but we don't know them. Well, maybe we've already tried to say a few things and we can't think of anything else to say. This is when the awkwardness sits in. One of the things I found helpful is to start turning out before you even arrive at the event. Sometimes before I go to a social event or jump on the phone with someone I know well, I'll take a minute and think through who will be there. And if I know some of the people, I'll try to think about what's going on in their lives. I think about what they've shared in past conversations. I think about what they're doing and what's happening with their families. I think of a few questions related to these things that I might want to ask them. I am sincerely interested in them. And helping remind myself a bit before the party helps me be able to tailor and focus my questions. If I don't know people very well at the event, sometimes I have a few general questions in mind like, how was your week? What did you do this weekend? How do you like living in Shanghai? How are your kids doing with school? Are you guys into any shows right now? Do you have any upcoming travel plans? What are you doing for the holidays? What do you do for work? Just having a few ideas in mind about things to ask people helps me feel a lot more confident to be able to engage with people when I arrive at the event. I also try to think of a few interesting things to talk about in my life as well, such as an interesting article I read or something funny one of my kids said. This little amount of prep work allows me to turn outside myself and jump into being interested in others when I get to the social event. One of my clients described feeling really awkward when she went to pick her kids up from school each day. She had a young baby and she was home most of the day, so she really looked forward to social interaction when she went to school. She saw a group of young moms that regularly stood by the entrance of the school. She really wanted to talk to them, but she felt awkward. She had met them a couple times before, but she didn't know very much about them. Each day, she ended up walking by and either smiling or walking fast, basically trying to avoid them because she didn't know what to say. My client had a healthy brain, a brain that was trying to protect her. Often our brains offer us the idea that we can't think of anything to say. However, this is just a protective mechanism the brain uses to help protect us from social pain like we talked about earlier. We're worried about how others will perceive us, which then keeps us from thinking of questions or sharing things. I asked my client if she had to say something to this woman, what would she say? I asked my client what she talks about to other friends. She had a long list of good ideas. As we talked, she came up with a whole list of possible ideas she could use to talk to the women at school. She was surprised at how many things she could actually think of when she wasn't in the midst of the awkwardness of the situation. I'm sure there were future awkward moments as well, but she did tell me, I feel like I have so much more confidence to try to talk to those ladies at school with a plan of what to say. Most of us actually have really good ideas about what to say to other people. But when our brain is trying to protect us, it shuts down our creativity. So instead of turning in and thinking about ourselves, we can turn out even before we arrive. We can think about questions to ask others ahead of time and things that we could share while we're there. Turning in in a social situation like this sounds like, I don't know what to say. Turning out could sound something like, I know what to say because I thought about it ahead of time. The simple shift of turning out can help us feel a lot more confident in social situations. The second suggestion for turning out in social situations is to focus on making the other person feel comfortable by asking them about themselves. Knowing how many people feel uncomfortable in social social situations helps us know that we aren't the only ones feeling out of place or feeling like we don't fit in. One of the reasons that others may not be talking to us is that they may be feeling uncomfortable too. When we focus on others and how to make them feel comfortable, rather than focus on how we are feeling, ironically, it shifts the way that we feel. Suddenly, we have a purpose rather than feeling out of place. I love the question, how could I put someone else at ease here? Ironically, when we try to make someone else feel better, we feel better too. One of the best ways to put others at ease is to get them talking about themselves. It's a topic people know about, and studies show that when we get people talking about themselves, it activates the same area of the brain that lights up when we eat good food or even take drugs. Talking about ourselves gives us a neurological high. So what better way to help someone else feel better than being interested in them, genuinely interested? One of my clients shared that she was at a party with some girlfriends and everyone else was having a great time. She was sitting alone and hoped that someone would come talk to her. And someone did, they chatted for a few minutes and then went to talk to someone else. There she was sitting alone again. She noticed how everyone else was dressed cute and she felt self-conscious in her own clothes. And with her recent baby weight, she noticed how everyone else seemed to know people. and She only knew a few people. My client was totally normal. We have all been in these type of situations in order to protect us from social pain. The brain comes in and makes us feel awkward in order to warn us that we're not part of the tribe. However, if if we aren't careful, our awkwardness can perpetuate itself. I asked my client how she responded to the woman who came over to chat with her. She said that she just assumed the woman felt bad for her. And my client felt like a project. My client chatted, but didn't get overly involved in the conversation because she didn't want to be a burden to the other woman. I asked my client, how do you think the other woman in the conversation felt when you only answered a few questions but didn't engage much? She thought about it and decided the other woman probably felt a little bit bored or rejected. We discussed how interesting it is that in feeling rejected herself, my client may have caused the other woman to feel rejected. Ironically, she wanted to have social connection, but when the opportunity arose, my client unknowingly self-sabotaged herself. Do you recognize the negativity bias here? My client saw the friend coming over to chat through the lens of feeling awkward and her awkwardness made the other person feel awkward. One of the things we worked on to help my client turn outward was to work on how to refine the art of asking questions to draw people out. Several of the questions I shared at the beginning of the episode are a great way to get started. Things like, what did you do this weekend? How do you like living in Brasilia? Are your kids doing any after-school activities? Are you guys into any shows right now? I love to think about conversations a little like mining for gold, Most people are so interesting once you get past the first few niceties. However, it takes some digging to get to where the person's passions and interests lie. You may not find something you are genuinely interested in among the answers to the first layer of questions, but asking follow-up questions can help you learn and discover things you genuinely are interested in. Asking follow-up questions are an amazing way to go deeper. A few of my favorite follow-up questions when someone says something interesting are, Oh, interesting. I'm curious. Why? Or, Ooh, tell me more about that. Or can you give me an example? Or you mentioned this. Could you explain what it is? Or I haven't thought of it that way. Have you always thought about it that way? Or how did that play out? These type of questions help zoom in or zoom out from a topic that someone is discussing and they allow us to really enjoy someone else's wisdom and experience. When we shift from feelings of awkwardness and turning in and use them instead to look out we take our loneliness and allow it to be a catalyst for connection a few months later this same client told me about being in a social situation where she felt awkward she reached out to some of the women there and started asking them questions she made some really nice connections Being interested in others does not mean that we will never feel any more awkwardness, but it does give us a modus operandi that we can use to feel more confident. In this situation, turning in might look like, I don't fit in here, I'm so awkward. Turning out could look like, how can I put the other person at ease? What is interesting about what this person said the third way I want to offer today that we can turn out in social situations is by bringing the fun and interest ourselves rather than expecting others to provide it. We've all probably been to social gatherings where we didn't want to be there. Maybe we were tired or the people weren't interesting or the party wasn't our style. Maybe we were counting the minutes till it was over. But the truth is that there can really be fun at any party and we still might not enjoy it or It's true that we could be at a party that's not very interesting and we could have a great time. The limiting factor isn't the party or even the people that are there. It's us. It's how we think about it and what we bring to the party that makes it enjoyable. When we turn in and think about how lame things are, we usually do have a lame time. When we turn out and think about how to make a social experience more fun, we're usually able to enjoy it more. There are lots of ways to bring fun to a party. One is to get into a really interesting conversation using a lot of the skills we've already talked about. You can get someone talking through questions and then you can add and share things. Most people do enjoy talking about themselves, but they also like to have a conversation, not a monologue. So adding in interesting things, sharing about yourself and even sharing stories. Stories is one of my favorite ways to bring fun to a party. Stories often move the conversation into more interesting ground and stories often make us laugh. I have laughed so hard. I could hardly breathe before when people have told good stories. Humans love stories In experiments. Scientists say that when someone starts telling a story, our eyes dilate, indicating interest. Now you might be sitting there thinking, I don't have any interesting stories. People with lots of stories do not necessarily live more interesting lives. They just present their experiences in an interesting way. A wonderful way to see your life in more stories is to keep a journal. Write one experience from the day like a story. You'll be surprised at how much easier it is to share a story the next time you're in a conversation. I've kept a journal for years and I have found this to be a really helpful tool for recognizing stories and seeing the world in this way. One time, I went to a back-to-school night, and I found myself sitting in a children's-sized chair at a low table with several other parents, some of whom did not speak English. After the initial pleasantries of who's your child and how long have you been here, we all kind of ran out of things to say. The teacher handed out a bingo card where we had to ask each other questions to fill out the grid. If I'm honest, I was thinking, I do not want to do this. This is so lame. I was hoping maybe I'd get an emergency phone call that I had to take, but no such luck. So I started doing the game half-heartedly. Eventually the game finished and the teacher gave the presentation and I got home feeling kind of bugged and critical. I had to have a little talk with myself. Jenny Linton, is this who you want to be? Who is responsible for your experience at back to school night? Is it the other parents? Is it the teachers? No, it is you. You are always responsible for the experience. With four kids, I have plenty of back-to-school nights to practice on. The next night, I went to another daughter's back-to-school night. I still felt a bit awkward, but I decided I was going to try to make this fun. I sat down in another children's chair and struck up a conversation with one of the other parents sitting next to me. While I was asking the typical pleasantries, I discovered that one of the other parents had two daughters, and I have four. We talked about the benefits and the drama of having a house full of females. Because I had written a cute little story about something one of my daughters had done in my journal the night before, it was on the top of my head. So I shared the story, which opened the door for him to share a story about one of his daughters. We were able to enjoy a few minutes before the teacher's presentation. I came home feeling a lot more positive about the night than I had the day before. Being willing to bring the interest and fun yourself creates a much higher likelihood of having a good time and feeling confident. In a situation like this, turning in looks like, this is so lame. These are not my people. Turning out looks like, how can I make this fun? Before we finish, let's summarize the tools for feeling more confident and less awkward in social situations. Being the person that everybody loves at the party looks like turning out instead of turning in. Three ways to do this that we talked about are number one, prepare ahead of time so that you have questions to ask and things to share. Number two, think about how others are feeling and try to put them at ease by being interested in them and asking follow-up questions. And number three, bring the fun and interest yourself. For our expat exit strategy, I want you to think for a minute about a social gathering that you have on the calendar in the next month. It could be a virtual event or an in-person event. Ahead of time, think about who's going to be there and brainstorm some questions that you might be able to ask them. or a few things that you could share, or even a story that you could tell. When you arrive, focus your efforts on putting others at ease and being interested in them. Then ask questions and even follow-up questions. Find opportunities to share even if the other person doesn't ask questions back. If you find yourself feeling bored, see if you can spice things up a little bit by sharing a story or by sharing something interesting. Remember those mirror neurons we discussed? People love to feel accepted and interesting. When we are genuinely interested in others, others feel it. They want to be around us. We become the girl at the party that everyone loves. If you'd like help feeling more confidence or navigating awkward social situations, I'd love you to sign up for a free 30-minute mini coaching session. I'd love to share with you some of the tools that have helped me feel better and and be a better mom to my kids. You can sign up by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting my website theexpatmom.com. If you'd like help applying the tools you're learning on this podcast, sign up for a free, private, 30-minute mini coaching session on any topic you'd like help on. You can schedule it on my website, theexpatmom.com forward slash schedule. Also, If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes to help other people find it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.